Before we get to this week's episode, we wanted to let you know we have two friends of ours who are starting up podcasts that you should check out. Yeah, this is just a free little plug for two people that I know you like because you've enjoyed them when they've been on the show. In fact, these two people are both on the show together. Uh, Sophie Hagen has a new podcast called Secret Dinosaur Cult, which she does with another comic called Jody Mitchell, and it is a live comedy podcast about identity and dinosaurs with funny jingles. It's fun. She's cool. I know you like her. You told us when she was on the show. And multiple appearing friend of the show, who I also know you definitely like, Sarah Morgan, has a podcast called The Fear, where she interviews all sorts of great people, such as comedian Matt Kirshen and others, about, about things that scare them, both past and present. Uh, their favorite scary scene from film or TV, something that made them scared as a child and a fear they still have now. Check those out. There are a whole bunch of episodes. It is called The Fear with Sarah Morgan. Find that in your podcast listener of choice. So there you go. A couple little plugs. Now enjoy the show. Probably science. Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I am Andy Wood. Hey Andy. Hello. We've got a double guest episode. Yeah, it's been a little bit. This is, uh, I'm excited. Because I, I, uh, an old friend of mine is in town from Australia but lives in London. I've, I've never hung out with you in Australia. I've hung out with you exclusively no, in England. No, but we have mutual friends in Australia. We have many mutual friends yeah, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All comedians, yeah. unsurprisingly. That's the voice of Sarah Bonetto. Hi guys. Hey, comedian Ooh. Sarah Bonetto. And also, you'll be hearing the voice of comedy producer and generally comedy creator type Josh Richmond. Hello there. That's, that's the other voice. Bringing the comedy. Bringing the comedy. Creating the comedy. <laughs> and always. And a producer, Mostly for audio. And a producer for Earwolf as well, which, yes, that's right. if you're a podcast listener, you've almost certainly listened to numerous things that have his fingerprints all over it. You've probably listened to things that I've cut less funny parts out of. Yeah. Oh, shit. There well, we, we go. don't ever cut You're, anything slash no, we, lots of things out. You'll be, you'll be going like, oh, because this, this it's is... all a game, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I sloppily cut a lot of things out in Audacity. I'm surprised we haven't heard from listeners in a while about like a cut that they notice because I think they are noticeable if you listen. Well, headphones. you nearly always. We we don't as a general edit this podcast. We're not like professionals like Josh here who will listen to an hour and a half recording and turn it into 45 minutes of solid gold we will it's what i do i'm 27 with ads basically rumpelstiltskin of unedited audio just (laughs) spitting it into pure gold we will we will what we do is we take uh about an hour and 25 minutes of rambling and turn it into about an hour and 24 minutes of rambling (laughs) minus that one thing that andy didn't want us to broadcast yeah (laughs) actually the only see i'm so embarrassed about not to get too meta on podcasting itself but since you're here josh like i first of all i'm embarrassed that you see our equipment i just no, put out a call a- to bose to try to like beg them for some headphones if, if they give it to us we'll plug the hell out i of also them. have a home studio setup it's set up on a coffee table a lot like this uh it does the job it, it does really the job. does the job yeah. guys the listener don't need to know that this is a coffee table this like we're true. in the booth we're in the studio booth it is a solid wood coffee table it's the first new yeah. piece of furniture i've bought in a long time everything else you see here is craigslist it's beautiful. literally everything it's beautiful the lady just brought me tacos that's I'm not getting true. my makeup done I, I know for a fact that that table back there is actually facebook marketplace that's ba- okay. you're right thank you Matt. Matt, it has chelsea um, hooks this is a good, good what table. are those i just got this table. they hold your handbag so you don't get robbed when you live in a city like london or la they're called chelsea hooks chelsea hooks yeah is that kind of like that is, that an, is, that an, is that like mm. a, a knock on chelsea as a dangerous neighborhood I don't know. And are we talking New York, Chelsea? Are well, we talking yeah. London, well, Chelsea? Well, hang on. Both New York and London, Chelsea are Fancy. affluent areas. Yeah. 
But yeah. maybe they have bad parts or something. I don't There's know. Like, no, well, you know what? Turns out the thieves are aware of the rich people living in uh, those suburbs. They're like, hello. They don't just uh-huh. keep to their own, you know. You know. Also, I just remembered, I think I do know a drag performer named Chelsea Hooks. Oh, yeah. it's great a, it's, a good, it's a good drag name. Are you sure it isn't a, a third wave feminist? Um, <laughs> uh, wait, who is the, Bell Hooks? Who is that? I know that name. It's Bell a, Hooks, I would she know is a third wave feminist. Yeah, totally. Okay, boom. Okay, nice. like I have Jeopardy level knowledge of things, but not in depth at all. Do you know what uh, Chelsea Hooks, the drag performer's special trick is? What? Holding your bags. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Fact. if it is negative for Chelsea, I feel like it's like the, uh, do you know how many different cities can be used as an adjective for the grin or smile when you cut someone's mouth open. A Glasgow the, kiss or whatever. Yeah, Chelsea yeah, smile, it, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I think Chelsea is one of them. Like a Glasgow, mm. a Chelsea grin or a Glasgow... Uh, like how many places in England is that a thing people do to each other? England's real dangerous. <laughs> or I guess in... Every region. Or in Britain. The Scarlet, Britain British yeah. Isles, yeah. 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 Uh, Chelsea grin is an American deathcore band from Salt Lake City. But cool. named for the... Uh, Thing. And there's an actor who was yeah. in Braveheart who has one, who has the scars for having it done to him, right? Whoa. Yeah, not to get too bleak, but um, oh. it's pretty badass. It's probably the coolest thing. No, maybe it was a nice moment. Have. We don't know that it was bleak. Yeah, it could have been. been a positive yeah. Chelsea's grid. Really? Okay, oh I'm Googling God. the phrase Chelsea Hooks, and it is not auto-completing. A Manchester <laughs> smirk. Yeah, I think there's a lot of versions of this. This might be something that your friend named without telling anyone else, because Chelsea Hooks is coming up with absolutely nothing. Oh, Josh, this is quite revealing. I swear, I swear, I swear I've met this person. The, uh, Chelsea oh, Hooks I wasn't person? talking about the drag queen. I was talking about the furniture thing, Sarah. Oh, but... Chelsea Hooks? A Chelsea Hook? Is it the fact that it has little bells at the end of the hooks that would keep someone from being able to quickly grab? No, because I was expecting if it's a common name of furniture, it would be all the top results, but... Oh, I think... a specific drag queen might... Your algorithms are messed up. <laughs> yeah, maybe I've blame got a block it on He's it. been told that before. Uh, for listeners who don't know, the, the hooks. I, on this I wasn't table... doubting your drag queen knowledge there, Josh. <laughs> Thank you. I was doubting. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> I was doubting Sarah's oh. furniture acumen. That feels like the obvious thing to doubt here. Yeah, but is it the fact that so these hooks aren't just hooks? They have a little um, like it, the the metal is bulbous at the end. Is no, that what your makes them? bulbous end is just a bonus. Like oh, so they, they could just if be. If it weren't for that, then anybody could still grab your bag and run. Right? What's going to keep them from coming off the hook when someone grabs? Well, it's not on the floor. Is the oh, thing. I see. Okay, okay. Okay, Any I'm hook can be a Chelsea now hook. Googling it because I feel like I've been thrown into disrepute. Um, and I have to say, it's not really coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, did I dream the Chelsea hook? Wait, I'm about to be rich. Have you? I need to yeah. get a patent fast. I don't think. First, I... you need to get your drag, <laughs> your drag <laughs> friend on the phone. I'm going to say. I need to tell them they can't have I'm not name. sure patenting and copywriting works to just give a new name to something that already exists. <laughs> I don't think on can... Andy's table in this very room. Yeah, I'm not First, sure. we need to burn Andy's go, table. Like, Behold, the Sarah graph. And you go, that's just a television. I don't know. You can't do uh, that. <laughs> excuse me, but it's never been called the Sarah graph. So, People are going to love this. So I think, I think patent office needs to grant me if nothing else, we will we'll put this episode out. It'll be timestamped. So if somebody else claims oh, to invent thank it, you. we can say, well, you can see when this was released. Yeah. So Your podcast you is akin to posting myself yeah. this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone someone print out this podcast. <laughs> yeah, put it in the mail. Yeah. 3D print a podcast. And also patent the idea of 3D printing a podcast. 
<laughs> then mail that to yourself. It would just be like the Audacity waveform of the podcast. You print it out. Oh, yeah. you know what? I'm that would be kind of a cool thing to 3D print, like some song you love. The actual waveform of oh it. Oh my god! Make that into necklaces. You, Holy and shit! Then start a god damn it! Silver. No, no, it's no, a good idea. No, this is actually a good idea. I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. This is a thing that exists. Oh. And actually, oh. a, a really cool thing I saw a variation it's on this. It's called a Chelsea form. And it's, <laughs> my um my my good friend Christian has a tattoo that is a waveform. You can actually like scan the waveform of certain tattoos, and it'll play exactly what the waveform is. It is uh the uh the drum fill from uh in the air. In the air tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a great yeah. tattoo. That's awesome. I have a I have an acquaintance in Portland who has um, the musical notation for the melody to "We Can Be Heroes" or the you know the, the hook of "We Can Be Heroes." Aww. But the problem is, whatever clef she chose, like "We Can Be Heroes," so it's five notes, and I think four of them are below the staff, so it doesn't like look very good because it's right. just an empty staff and then ah. notes below it. I'm like, just have them transpose it or put it in bass clef instead or just do something <laughs> so it's not living off of the staff. <laughs> It doesn't even have. I think it doesn't even have the words. That but maybe that's her, her that's also her message. Maybe it's like, "Hey, live off the live staff." Off the staff. Yeah, think <laughs> outside the staff, man. And it's in like a fake sort of like treasure mappy piece of like burnt at the edges paper or something. It's like there's a version oh. of that tattoo that is good, but I think that one is. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Cool and concept. Yeah, yeah. But damn it, so we can't. Every start week, making... do you diss a friend of yours? Oh, on, has life? anyone done it? As, friend, and then hope that has anyone done it as three D printed jewelry though? I think I have seen that. I th- I'm almost positive. Because it what, could be at a sort stall of like, um, in Silver Lake or something. We're going to start this. We're going to be make rich. It, make it rotationally uh, symmetrical, like it's uh, you know, like like on a lathe, like so yeah. it's just farther out from the center, and you end up with this cylindrical thing that could then be put on a chain around your neck, and uh, that'd be fucking. Look, cool, I'm not I saying think. don't do it. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, uh, I don't know how we make this happen. Date stamp it. That's. This I, mean, I do know how I make it happen, but I don't know how you like start selling them. But I, I bet a, a 3D. Pr- I bet a friend What's with the a 3D legality printer, of selling. Oh yeah, is oh. it copyright? Mm. Is it even counts as selling could... someone's sheet music? Or it's like I just watched uh, uh, YouTube is starting to know me well, and it recommends stuff. I actually, fuck yeah, I'll click on this. A guy uh, made a silicone mold of a of a record, and then poured resin into it to see if that would also be a playable record, and it was. Oh, cool! So he's like the most expensive way of stealing music. But yeah, <laughs> if you had this thing around your neck, someone could then. Make that back into the actual music. I bet way back when they wrote the terms and conditions of musical contracts, they didn't think to say this can't be three D printed and sold at a stall in a market. Yeah. I think no. we're good on this. I think we're good on the legality of it. I think we're down. I mean, they're going to catch us, but we got at least three weeks ahead of them. For the stall, just needs to sell a lot of jewelry in the next three weeks. Man, I really want to do this now. This is actually, I'm not kidding. This is a good idea. <laughs> I'll do some googling after this. See if that exists. I mean, this. <laughs> We we do know for a fact our listeners are very much fans of 3D printing yeah. and any 3D printed stuff. <laughs> Is that true? I just and we had a very I, cool listener who sent us a whole box full of pre- 3D printed oh, I bet I trinkets and gizmos. The... He or she is already on that now. They make his jewelry as we speak. Well, I have a week before this comes out where I can spend some time with 3D printing software to at least see. I bet it'd be easy to take that waveform. Then you get a 2D thing of that and then just spin that around and make the... And then we call it Sarah Print Jewelry. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about 3D printing in general. I feel like it's like a couple generations away from being something really cool. Like yeah. when I first heard yeah, about the idea, it was like, oh, it's like out of Star Trek. Like it's going to be that machine that can like make anything out of any material. Right. And so far it's just been used to sort of make plastic doodads. Uh, except the, cool the prosthetics, the, the medical stuff they've been making with it is incredible. They've been making That's new legs and whatever yeah. and they can just, oh, you've grown a bit. That's fine. Here's and my I leg. Think science is... Uh, People are generally excited about the box of stuff that Jessica printed out for us. So, yeah, yeah, uh, we should. 
I should keep of stuff. stuff. <laughs> I should keep those things closer to the table when we have guests who like 3D printing because uh, keep talking. I'll just grab one of the ones that's kind of cool. It's amazing. I feel like sometimes I get left behind by stuff like 3D printing or whatever because I still use the term like flat screen TV, like there's another sort, you know? Do you right. still say that? <laughs> like it's just, well, you still, oh, great flat screen Hollywood, TV. you will probably in the last two days of your trip driven past more than one motel that advertises color TV outside. Oh, bless. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, well, yeah. That is really cool. Mm. This is okay. these won't be cool for corrected. listeners to hear us talk about again. But that looks cool now. So it's a partial sphere. Well, if you put it's it down purple. on this piece of paper, okay. yeah, it, it looks like a it looks like a hemisphere, but it like, looks like a sort of mesh of a box. But and now look at the shadow that it casts. What happens to the shadow? Whoa! Wait, wait, wait! <gasps> it, you can get it to be if this were a flatter surface, you could get it to be a perfect grid of squares. Oh my goodness, maths is interesting. Isn't that cool? Oh, I say maths, Andy. Is sure. that okay with you? Matt does too. He has, he has a degree in it. Yep. And then sure this thing, does. if you look at it from this angle, it looks like it's a cylinder. Look at it from that angle, it looks like it's a rectangular prism. Or can you see that or not? Not really. You got to hold it at hold it either this way towards you or this way, and then tilt it until you can see that the cross section of it. Oh is... yeah, that is interesting. Huh. But that's one thing this you can make radio. pretty. Thanks, e- Jessica. But that is one of those interesting things you can make pretty easily with 3D printing because you can model it exactly and then it just prints it out rather than having to very carefully carve a perfect shape. Yeah, can we debunk MC Escher's prints? Like, well, <laughs> well there we are print there them are, and be like, ah. people have done versions of Escher's shapes, but you have to view them from very specific angles. Like, have, oh, that's one of the things she sent. Yeah. If you look through one eye at this yellow thing, it looks like that triangle that keeps coming closer and closer to you. Huh. So. Um, it's very cool. Uh, but yeah, there, there's all, hey, Sarah and or Josh. In fact, and and Josh. We like to ask <laughs> our guests this before we, get, before we get deep into the stories from the week in science news. What, if anything, is your background in science? Josh, you could take it away. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm a... Uh, amateur fan of science generally. I definitely have no formal science schooling after approximately 12th grade, but um, I'm a sucker for any kind of like pop science book for sure. Sure. Um, I, I def- definitely devoured a lot of Stephen Hawking stuff in school and got really into st- uh, you know, stuff about string theory and getting into like... Uh, Sean Carroll wrote this awesome book about just like the nature of time that I was obsessed with for a while. Oh yeah, the nice. arrow of time. The is arrow of time that? is so. That's yeah, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great book by friend of the show Sean Carroll. Sean Carroll's amazing. Uh, such a such an incredible writer. He has really a, sort of twisted my brain. He has a new book out that we should you should check out or a newish book. It came out a few about a half a year ago. We should try to get him back on. We should get him back on. Um, are you allowed to tell them about your secret uh, spreadsheet? project you're working on it's so nerdy it's, it's not that's not i mean that's not science unless you consider like podcast development science but sure can you leak a podcast <laughs> secret to us yeah probably not oh damn uh, the secrets will come out eventually for sure yeah um well, oh my god what no what this else? spreadsheet is devouring your life though i just i spend a lot of time in microsoft excel at this point just uh coming i, I do love coming up with formulas and stuff it, it, it gives me a, a because you know working in podcasting you don't always get a chance to like scratch the math nerd side of your brain it's uh-huh. more like the creative stuff but i've always had that aspect of my personality and it gives you a chance to really be like okay let's like mathematically figure out what is the exact perfect podcast that's going to appear to this cross section of three different audience groups. Oh, this is a good thing that to analyze. Cool. Yeah. It's a uh, you know how like when you hear like Netflix t- t- uh, say like this is how we started coming up with shows. Uh, we need something that's going to appeal to 
uh, adults aged like 35 to 60 who have an interest in politics and also love uh, movies by uh, auteurs like David Fincher. Uh, that's how they got House of Cards and got Fincher to direct it. And that's how they came up with like a lot of their hits. It's just really? formulas like that. I didn't even realize Fincher was involved in House of Cards. He directed the first episode and he's an EP. Oh, maybe I should go watch it. I've been putting it off because I hate the fact that the guy talks to the camera. I'm like, fuck this. It's, it's, it's kind of dumb. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> It wasn't as fair as Beatle, but okay, yeah. I guess I guess we developed our show to kind of be targeting people who are like super cool, but also really sexy, but not but that not in a true. but not in a like it looks like they're really trying for it. Yeah. They just are kind of just way. loosely like yeah. uh, desirable. I guess that's yeah. what where we were effortlessly formula- charming, right? Right. <laughs> um, very wealthy, but not showy with that. Either. Yeah, it feels yeah, gauche yeah. to tell them explicitly like yeah. this, or, but I mean, you, you may as well reveal your mm-hmm. show your workings. Yeah, I'll also say I am a I'm an AI obsessive. Um, okay. I'm really into artificial intelligence. I read a ton of books on it. I do think robots are eventually going to enslave us all. Genuinely, do you, I hope it's, I hope they're nice masters. Do you think there is any way if we all collectively decided it was a big problem that we could curb this or? If we decided to like stop using computers or developing the internet completely, probably. But I kind of I don't, don't think, think we can put that genie back in the box. No. Yeah, that's. Uh, I hate that I. So often, just quote other podcasts, but I've heard you've all know Harari on a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, he's great in the last few months, and um, yeah, he thinks that the three things that we should be asking of all of our political leaders, as far as like long term, where do you see things going, are like, what's your plan for stopping uh, AI from destroying us? What's your plan for stopping like catastrophic nuclear war and and climate change? Basically, I agree. Those are those are. Probably, like, more real problems than some of the other stuff we talk about yeah. if you're looking at, like, the real long, long view. But everything's, like, short-term because everything is election-based and not about, like, what the 40 years from now country is going to be. If yeah. I vote for exists. you, can I have yeah. a free Mars bar? That's super short-term. Yeah. <laughs> but come on. It's going to get to the point very quickly that we are in the not-too-distant future that humans won't be able to easily tell which uh, posts online and which articles were written by bots designed to make stir up particular sentiments and fuck with elections. It's true. We're already getting, you know, people I think have been making fun of like Siri and Alexa and stuff like that for a while being like, oh, you're you're so dumb. You can't, you make these glitches when we ask you questions and stuff. Like the fact that they're already this smart should be terrifying because right. it's, I, not I, going to, it's not going to take a lot to get them to be as smart as us. And then it's not going to take a lot, after, a lot after that for them to be a lot smarter than us. Yeah. And numerous tasks, they're already much smarter than we are. Right. Yeah. Just the ones that we well, choose so to many make fun of them for. So many of the brain. We're just even thinking about how huge a deal it was when... Gary Kasparov wasn't well, lost marginally lost to Deep Blue, mm-hmm. and but that was what was that twenty years ago or so now. But now, even like the greatest, the the best grandmasters now would are easily trounced by a my my computer running given enough thinking time running a decent chess engine would now beat a grandmaster. Yeah, your MacBook Pro chess program beats almost every chess player alive. Right. Huh. If it's on the hardest setting. Yeah, exactly. And then you saw the um, uh, the video of the woman who is alleged to be a radical feminist throwing bleach on the crotch of men on the tube. Did you see this? Oh, that was I, so I, obviously was like, from the first from the first second of him. Like, this is the, the fakest thing. These idiots are posting. Yeah. Like, yeah, you go, girl. Like, this is so clearly fake. Yeah. I mean, but fake, it really outraged like, some people. It, it was effective for a lot of dummies. Yeah. But, like, but it wasn't like fake that it, it wasn't like the the video was not generated by 
it was all shot, but it was shot yeah. by actors and stuff. But uh, yeah, but it, it, it's now been debunked and linked to officially to Russia. <laughs> it's a Russian subway train. So well, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, all this yeah. stuff when you watch it, like, of course. And my friends are idiots. Of course, this is. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you must have seen some of like the the real like deep fake videos where they've uh, managed to exactly replicate like Barack Obama and George right. W. Bush's face and voice and make them say anything you want. That anything? Is, yeah. Like, Hold up a second. Yeah, and one of them it turns into doesn't turn into Jordan Peele at the end. Who's like, just so you know, this is like very soon. This is coming as you just saw the first. Yeah, movies. well, it, it was originally again, unsurprisingly, given it was new tech, it was first basically put to use for porn. Yes, so that, this, that porn Reddit like became a huge thing, and it's essentially with again, this is the sort of stuff that movie studios would spend months and millions of originally trying to do you know all sort of cgiing someone into something or an actor died and you need to replace you need to finish off their scenes mm-hmm. now it's not perfect yet but it's pretty damn good you can basically insert any human into into existing scenes you can basically put like uh yeah the guy who played uh is it grand muff or the um peter cushing um didn't they put him back into the most recent Star Wars and it was Yeah, he was in a, he was in Rogue One and he looked pretty pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. that's scary. Yeah, so we'll be able to like uh you know, if you think it's easy to fool people now just like by making up a quote, it's gonna be so much trickier when you can make, create entire videos from whole cloth of things that never happened. Yeah. Uh, of like the caravan at the border or whatever you want to do. And we have six years of this podcast that an AI could then parse and, and get our voices down and make us say anything That's horrible. a real thing. This is a thing I've experimented with. There's a software called Liarbird that um, I actually... I, the I Liarbird's did... an Australian bird. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, I experimented with this. I did a... Um, basically, you read about 100 sentences um, that ha- include all the different phonemes or whatever. I did this. And then you can type in uh, whatever you want and it'll um, like read that sentence in your voice. Oh, fuck. And it's insane. And if you wanted to, you could kind of just, like, I, you know, at Earwolf, I could, like, just get Scott Ackerman to record those 100 sentences and then write out comedy <laughs> bang bang episodes for 200 years. You could just hit F5 and a, right. a macro will write that. Um, Sarah, what's your background in science? Ah, okay. Well, um, I would say I'm an enthusiast, probably more physics than biology or chemistry, I suppose. Um, my dad was a math science teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And then retired and had a hobby farm. That's something that apparently what is a maths hobby and farm? science teachers in Australia do. We have so much land that it's like uh, just we're so blasé. Like you'll own 100 acres and just put some novelty uh, livestock on it. So my dad had miniature cows <laughs> and a very rare breed of sheep. <laughs> he, but yeah. Were they like usable for some did they make tiny milk tiny oh, cheese exactly yeah like just little truckles yeah. um it's there'll be someone who listens to this podcast who knows what a truckle is um but he uh yeah th- this is what they're useful for those kind of niche livestock to sell to people who also want to breed your it's like okay, a self-perpetuating cottage, literally cottage cycle. industry yeah, yeah totally Lit- exactly cottage cheese industry um but uh yeah but like oh yeah, because he was a maths and science teacher, I feel like I had a natural aptitude for those subjects, but I was resentful about those subjects because if he ever tried to help me with my homework, I'd be like, oh, 
shut up, you're so boring. As opposed to just like, oh, carry on and help me finish <laughs> oh. my homework. You oh, do. heavens. <laughs> um, I bet, but if he was a teacher, he probably was like the good, he was like the, I'm not going to do this for you. I'm just going to stand near you and Yeah, make you exactly. Do it. The sink or swim thing. He'd be like, well, you tell me. And you're like, I don't know. I want to watch The just Simpsons. God, dad, it's so boring. Um, and I think the person who it rubbed off on most in my family would be my little brother, my baby brother, Paul, who now works in physics. Um, he works at a particle accelerator at Monash University in Melbourne called the Synchrotron. Yep. So Aussie. So Aussie. Synchrotron. I think there um, are a few Synchrotrons. I don't know if that's a trademarked name or just... You no. Know, well, he works uh, for them in Melbourne and they feed data and stuff to CERN. And so it's all very interesting. But it's what's really fun is before that he... Uh, Used to just in his spare time, because he's a mega nerd, build particle accelerators at home. And there's a YouTube clip I looked up before I came here today of um, his very, uh, very uh, particle accelerator. This is a little experiment he did. Um, A particle accelerator built in a wine bottle. Uh, oh, in his cool. front room And what's really great Is you can hear He and his dweeby friends In the background Like you know where like If you're You watching... can take the older sister out <laughs> <laughs> Okay maybe that's how This is coming across But he's a lovely lovely He's my dweeb You know like You couldn't say that But I could say it That he's a dweeb um, But you can hear them In the background Like where you might like watch someone else's younger brother getting stoned or whatever going, oh, cool, look at the smoke rings. Or like someone skateboarding going, oh, I did an ollie. Oh, sweet, sweet ollie, man. <laughs> My brother and his friends are like, and I don't even know, like I have to look up the video that they're using like science terms. They're like, oh, check out the isotopes or whatever. <laughs> like right. they fully sound like they're smashed, but they're just so into it, guys. Anyway. Oh, we're going to have to find this video. Or oh, oh, send us the link and we'll post it on the, in the show notes. top on there. Yeah, it's pretty great. It sounds so cool. Oh, it's, like- only a, it's only a minute and a half long, so we can... Also, when I... um, <laughs> Look at those particles. And it starts spinning at one point. It's pretty cool. I also asked him if it's dangerous, and he's like, it's a little bit dangerous. You probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's radioactive. Particle accelerators make like black holes. Just tiny ones that go away quickly, right? This is why Australia disappeared that time. <laughs> Can you hear it? Oh, nodes. nodes, that's it. Look, look at the, the nodes. nodes. <laughs> the nodes. It does look cool, and it I don't know if it sounds like good radio, but... Uh, yeah, it's like a glowing it's a, it's, wine bottle shit. I mean, it looks very cool. It does look dangerous, too. Like, they probably didn't use controlled... I mean, you can tell from this. No, it's just magnets. You see, it's ba- as From what I can see, it's basically the same stuff that was in the back of an old TV. Like yeah, it does old, look like that Because oh. that's what a, I, I don't know what They're accelerating right now But old Check out those nodes Look at those nodes Because old cathode ray um, Old cathode ray televisions Basically were like Electron particles Beams That were being That had magnets That were basically Swishing them backwards and forwards And changing the intensity uh-huh. So is, are they spinning around Oh so listen They're basically making an old Oh my te- god you know what? You're really good at your job, man. Ah, you know work. what you're looking at. It's basically a cathode ray tube. Yeah. A potential of 10 kilovolt, minus 10 kilovolt. Well, it's It not looks very mine. cool. It's, it's basically what they've made is a is an old, initially black and white, but it looks like they was then showing up in different colors. So I don't know what they had going on there. But basically like an old color TV inside a wine bottle. I'm sorry, now there's an ad. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, it's for Zero Bose headphones. Zero calories. Zillic. <laughs> Bose headphones. I believe they're the best, aren't they? I think so. Um, but I'm yeah. going to cut this out if they don't give us headphones. Bastards. 
Look at the nodes. Look at the nodes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, totally. Give, send me send me that link, and I'll put it on yeah, the in the is, show notes. It's worth clicking on, guys. Yeah, there you go. Um, so that's what my brother gets up to. It's really fun because uh, there is a stereotype of the white Aussie man. <laughs> this sort of thing he gets up to, and I love that there are some people just you know like going against that. Well, is he going against it? Because this seems like a very Yahoo serious in Young Einstein kind of thing to do. To be fair, that so is true. That is, He's that really embracing that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Check out the nodes. That is how that's how he invented beer, right? If I remember oh, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and electric guitars. Did yeah. he invent electric guitars in the movie? I feel like that's I, I a thought big he part used of the electric guitar to temper the to control the energy of the nuclear explosion. Okay. I've never actually seen the movie. I've just seen the trailer. Oh, have you not? Have you really not? Because it's in science. Come on. Because we have talked about this. Oh, yeah. It's come up Again, listeners. Really? The listeners who've done it. We've had a couple of emails recently, a few messages from people who came to our show late and then decided to just go through the entire back catalog, which, as Andy mentioned earlier, goes back six years. Six and a half, yeah. Yeah, this is episode 315. So some people have... In a shorter space of time, listen to all. They've heard hosts, co-hosts come and go. They've heard breakups and re-relationships. They've, they've. What's the biggest had, transition? Well, well the biggest transition was Jesse getting very serious cancer, cancer and then going yeah. into remission. Um, oh wow! But uh, but that's you know they've had all that in the space of a few weeks. They've probably I don't know how many Yahoo serious slash Young Einstein mentions you've heard in the last one out of three Australian guests. We mentioned it that too, right, and we've yeah. had a fair number of Australian yeah. guests. What happened to Yahoo Serious? Uh, I can tell you from the previous episodes <laughs> we've mentioned. I already forgot him. what happened. He had one attempt to follow up film, and I think he mostly coast by on his Young Einstein royalties. You could get him still... on the podcast. No offense to your podcast, but you could totally I, I get him. Oh, you definitely. Well, maybe we'll hit him up when we are. <laughs> We're planning a mini Australian trip. Wait, he's sixty-five. Oh, sorry, I'm stepping on he's your. Not yeah. sixty-five. I can't believe that either. How is he 65? Okay, where's he based? Well, probably because young Einstein came out in the 80s and he was not a child then. Yeah, I just I would have thought he was like 20 or something when that came out. Anyway, let's get back to the important thing, which is um, our plans for a down under trip. Or a trip to the old country, yeah, it's looking... as some listeners have called it. I don't know anyone called Australia the old country. <laughs> well, some people don't, but they tend not to be white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's very much the new country for white people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I googled him and I'm disappointed to discover his real name is not Yahoo Serious. But his oh. but his spouse is named uh, Lulu Serious. Oh, he also oh, she took his surname. Yeah, that's he wonderful. also did, I believe, unsuccessfully attempt to sue Yahoo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ballsy! It says uh, actor, director, composer. Yeah, he's a composer too. Come on, where does he live now? He's from Cardiff, which is oh Cardiff, Wales. No, 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 but New South I, Wales. We I didn't even realize Cardiff? Cardiff is in the other Wales. There's Cardiffs in oh Wales. Oh my god, that's both, crazy! Uh, that's crazy. Why did we do? I mean, I know that we do this, but sometimes even I, even even we surprise me. You know? Yeah, it'd be like if New York State had a city that wasn't called New York City, but was called. Oh wait, no, York itself is a city, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And York is beautiful. It's... And we don't have anything named for regions or, or if things If you walk around than... the cobblestone laneways of York, you will find the most common touristy shop is selling swords and chainmail. Actual, like, chainmail. 
knights, helmets. It's pretty crazy. Like stuff you couldn't really travel you back on the plane with. No. It, and fudge, of course. Fudge. Why does every... I know. Everything just tells me it's No fudge. one likes fudge. No matter, no matter where... <laughs> no, 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 no. no you're wrong. Let me fudge. qualify that. Everyone uh, likes lying. free fudge. No. Nope. You know that sample? And then you walk oh, yeah. away. No oh, one yeah, buys yeah. That's absolutely true. That's true. A hair thin slice yes. of fudge. Yes. And you're like, yum, yum, yum. And yeah. they're like, more. And you're like, no way. Am I crazy? I'm not going to have I've already had more fudge than I want all week. If anyone is listening and you know Yahoo Serious, you know that in the spider, in the hive right. mind no, of your right. network, we're probably one degree removed from Yahoo Serious. We're absolutely. Also, so where is he? By the way, I'm absolutely certain that Will Anderson, for starters, can get hold I'm of sure. Yahoo oh, Serious. Wait, wait, yes. wait. Let's, get, let's, let's, let's tie this into our possible tour and say, let's put this on our vision board. When we come to Australia, we're going to get Yahoo Serious on one of our live shows. Oh, make let's it the mission. Everyone tweet him. Start it's, envisioning it's, that. I, I'm not sure he's on Twitter, but yeah, I can tell you that he, he tried to sue Yahoo for trademark infringement, but the case was thrown out. Boo, law case at fucking court. Was thrown out because Sirius could not prove that he sells products or services under the name Yahoo, and therefore could not prove that he suffered harm or confusion due to the search engine. Oh, this might be why he mm. never made another film. Uh, he never made another. Well, he made two more films after Young Einstein. He made a film called Reckless Kelly, which is about Ned Kelly, and Mister Accident in two thousand, which is about an accident-prone, extremely accident-prone person. Oh, I did watch uh, um, uh, the Reckless Kelly film. There it you was go. Totally that fine. That was nineteen ninety-three. And then oh. he changed his name to Netscape Gravitas. <laughs> I like Andy. <laughs> how how long were you sitting on that for? I was just trying to decide on this on the serious synonym, and that's not even a, a synonym, but it's, it still works. Yeah, I don't want to get you on the back of a joke, but um, uh, is there a Mrs. Gravitas? <laughs> All right. Seriously, though, Yahoo Call serious. Me Netscape needs Gravitas to get- is my father. <laughs> So who else are you looking for in Australia, science-wise? Oh, I think Dr. Carl is somebody. Yeah, I think yeah, we've got great. to try and get Dr. Carl. There's a guy called Adam Spencer who did a show with Will Anderson for the longest time, and he was the science guy of that show. I think yeah. uh, we've been connected with him as well, and we'll try and we'll call and him some of our favourite comedians. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, his current residence is uh, Maroubra. You guys know Maroubra, Australia? Yeah, New South Wales, Maroubra. I think, is it? Or Queensland? Yeah, it is in um, New South Wales, yep. Yeah, there we go. Yahoo Series also appeared in the opening ceremony for the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Holy shit. We brought out the big guns. Honestly, I just want to formally apologize once again. And every podcast I visit, I'm going to do this, I think. And let's just say I have been. I want to apologize for the Sydney Olympics opening and closing ceremonies. They were so fucking cheese. Were they? I don't, I don't remember them. I remember oh the. Oh my god! I remember then the Olympics be being a successful one. I remember it being working well. I don't think I. It was so bad. Did they have a silly, did it they was have a silly so mascot? bad. We had in. Okay, firstly, we had something like five hundred synchronized lawnmowers. That's cool. That's, we had in that's Swift, kind of awesome. <laughs> doing that's... like a giant sort of choreographed thing, uh, dance sequence, whatever that spelled out mate or whatever. I don't know if you looked at it from an aerial view. Um, we also had um, in. Inflatable kangaroos in fluorescent colours. Again, sounds awesome. I don't know what... Sarah, I don't know where you're coming from. (laughs) There was barbecues that were wheeled out. All the tropes. I'm so (laughs) embarrassed. As the Prime Minister of Australia, I just want to apologise. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. It's just just far less interesting than comedian and friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He's also has... Yahoo Serious also has an honorary doctorate from the University of Newcastle. So, Doctor Serious. Newcastle, Australia. I presume Definitely not Newcastle, Britain. Yes. Uh, yeah. There we go. Yahoo Serious. 
I love that this comes up every Australian guest. It's really, I don't know why. It's just you going up in the You have to meet 80s, him. Close I, this circle. I have to see the movies first. Yeah. We've I had can't a, keep referring we've to had a, yeah, much, we, We've had a large number of Australian guests and this has come up almost every time. Brilliant. I remember this confused me because it was around the time that young Sherlock Holmes came out and uh, <laughs> really? young Frankenstein was like 10, 11 years earlier, but still there were t- too many young movies. Like it was a v- weird time. Do you know what? We haven't had young movies for a long, long time. Maybe we'd do another. We had young, we have young Sheldon over here. It's not a movie, but uh, I see some yep. reboots. Yeah, some, uh, and where's old Einstein? Where's like yeah? Well, that, actually, like, that was like, called IQ, starring um, oh, starring yeah. the guy who talks like the what's oh uh, that was Walter that was Matthau. Cool. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Young Buffy, she's still pretty young. We do have uh, Young Sabrina on Netflix right now. It's not true. called Young Sabrina, but it's uh, some political news, by the way, because this is a few things. But this is the day after the election mm-hmm. that we're recording this, the day after the U.S. midterms, and. Uh, I know it wasn't an, un, an unqualified success for the Democrats, but it certainly was a qualified success. You know, uh, I'll take it. Yeah. One of the one of the biggies is Democrats being in charge of Congress, which means that they can then they will once again be in charge of the important committees, including no longer having a climate change denier in charge of the environment. Oh, that's a relief. What's nice. the what's the what's the person who will be? I, I don't know how this was don't know be. who will be taking it over. Let, let or what's me, the committee called? Let me look Isn't it. That up. An EPA thing. We've had a problematic uh, series of governments in Australia. You know, this general swing to the right that's happened universally, I think, and in Britain, uh, happened in Australia too. And I'll never forget when Tony Abbott, uh, our Liberal Prime Minister, which Liberal in Australia means right wing, um, oh, conservative, really? conservative, yes, I didn't very know odd. That. That's what we do yeah. to ourselves, complicate things. Um, but do you know who he instated as the Minister for Women as soon as he was made Prime Minister? Yeah, was it Chris Brown? Himself, <laughs> which is tantamount to Chris Brown. <laughs> oh my God. He was anti abortion, birth control. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Luckily, in the US, we have no conflicts of interest. We definitely don't have state secretaries of state who are in charge of elections where they're running for governor. We don't have uh, presidents who are able to fire the person who's investigating themselves. (laughs) No, it could never happen. Yeah. I'm I'm glad, I'm at least glad, you know, Scott Pruitt's out of the EPA. I don't, I think it's, it's a long list. But he might be like the single most nakedly corrupt person who Trump has hired in any capacity. Yeah, he's a terrible what person. He even did. Which one is he? He's the guy who like he spent like three hundred thousand dollars on like his own like personal sound booth for his phone calls so that nobody could listen. Um, he also didn't believe in climate like a change. Panic was, room. Yeah, he's he, a climate was, he, he was trying to basically disassemble the EPA and sell off pieces to oil companies. Um, but there are six new scientists who just got elected to Congress. Yay! Excellent. All Democrats. There. Yahoo Serious? Dr. Yahoo Serious? <laughs> Not yet, but, you know, there's a chance. So there are three engineers, Joe Cunningham uh, in South Carolina, Chrissy Houlihan, who's a Stanford engineer in oh, Pennsylvania. Also sounds district. like a female person. Right. Great. And, uh, and another God. female person engineer, Elaine Luria, who's in Virginia's second district, who is a former nuclear engineer and U.S. Navy commander. These people almost sound qualified, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. There is a, a registered nurse, Lauren Underwood, in Illinois, and another healthcare professional, uh, pediatrician, Kim Schreier, in Washington. And That's fantastic. And then a biochemist, Sean Caston, who won in Illinois' sixth and is president of Recycled Energy Development, a company that reduces greenhouse gas emissions by recycling waste energy and converting it to electrical and thermal power. He has degrees in molecular biology and biochemistry and engineering management. This is so sexy just listening to you read out those accolades. Plus Jackie Rosen, who is a software engineer. And this is so good, but talk to me about their IMDb credits and their reality TV show uh, episodes. Yeah, where are their fucking... Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, and the other big news this week that... 
many of you sent is that we were visited by aliens. So that's the other one. So we'll just <laughs> let's move on to the stories uh, yeah, we boring. wanted to be covering. When this story broke, it was the eve of the election. And I was like, what if tomorrow's election shit is just completely eclipsed by the uh, sudden admission that we have been visited by alien species? That would have been the best. What if all the politicians are already aliens in some sort of like they live exactly. scenario? Yes. It's very believable to me. Um, How can they be aliens we? and also lizards? <laughs> are we talking about the globe? This is a global conspiracy to keep it hush hush. Is it an American thing? Who's been visiting? Oh no, I think Who? every government is coordinating in some way. All the all the all the lizard people, elite Illuminati. They meet at the build. Bilderberg? What's it called? Bilderberg Convention, yeah. I was confused. It sounds like some version of like, you, you, it's like a DIY like hamburger place or something, like Build-A-Bear but for burgers or something. But <laughs> yeah, yeah Build-A-Burger. Build yeah. uh, they get together and they make hamburgers <laughs> and uh, decide what Everybody's corrupt things like, they're going to do for ha- the next year. Hairnets, <laughs> hairnets and those disposable gloves and they're deciding like Another like, great business idea that's come out yeah. of this <laughs> podcast tonight. It's like the Build-A-Bear, the Build-A-Bear people brought you the Build-A-Burger workshop. <laughs> I, I like the idea of that character of like a fucking like conspiracy theorist who just, just doesn't mishears get... everything and like <laughs> the slightly deaf conspiracy yeah. theorist, <laughs> the hard of hearing. Cons- Donald Trump and Angela Merkel are putting too much lettuce on their burgers. It has to stop. <laughs> Conspiring. Um, okay, so this story came out, and uh, I'm going to say what the what the people putting out the studies said i'm not saying we believe this but um according to harvard researchers it's possible that this um interstellar object that was spotted last year called oumuamua it's possible that it is an alien spacecraft huh their words not mine where was it spotted it uh tumbled past the sun in late 2017 and given its high speed and unusual trajectory the reddish stadium-sized whatever it is had clearly come from outside our solar system, but it's it's a, it's it's a weird shape. It's flattened and elongated. If you want to see, oh, if you want to see an artist's rendering of it here, it's a rock. Yep. But I mean, you wouldn't normally have something that shape. It is an unusual shape for a thing huh. that size to be. Um, and the way that it accelerated on its way through our solar system set it apart from conventional asteroids and comets. Interesting. So it made people wonder if maybe it was like a solar sail, some kind of probe. Um, and in November 12th, oh no, I'm sorry, a paper that's going to be published November 12th in the Astrophysical Journal Letters, the object, quote, may be a fully, may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth vicinity by an alien civilization. So they aren't claiming outright that it's aliens. Um, They're just like maybe, but how? But what? But like, what's the percentage? Like, what's the likelihood? I don't know. I haven't seen like Nate Silver's take on this yet. <laughs> right. uh, they, yeah, like, I need I need full breakdowns. Yeah. After a careful mathematical analysis <laughs> of the way the interstellar object sped up as it shot past the sun, they say Oumuamua could be a spacecraft pushed through space by light falling on its surface, or as they put it in the paper, a quote light sail of artificial origin. Um, and well, solar sails. Our technology that we have used, that humans use. Yeah, it is a thing that, that can work. Um, but I, I, I'm skipping ahead here, or it's not in this story, but I, I saw it somewhere. They said it was traveling at 196,000 miles an hour, which is fast, but the Parker Solar Probe has just crossed 200,000 miles an hour. That's the as the fastest thing man has ever made. Um, and I did the math on that last week, and it would still take whatever I said, uh, tens of thousands of years to get from the nearest star to our star at that speed. So... If that was what their thing is moving at, then 
their civilization might be long dead if they send it from another star anyway is this is my editorializing not reading the story and by the time it goes back with messages and samples i mean how would it even turn around if it has no power of its own but it's just a light sail i don't yeah. know i mean hurry up i'm ready for it yeah. <laughs> totally honestly like if if alien spacecraft just showed up on earth tomorrow and we're less some like twilight zone scenario like we're just going to give you like a magic pill that will fix all your problems i'm just i'm ready i'm just yeah. like, go for it yeah I, I i just want a cool story i want it I'm to be fence it on this one yeah, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna judge him. I'm gonna judge him on that first meeting. In case the aliens listen to this podcast and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> you like, were mocking Ooh. us. <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna spare Sarah because <laughs> she Josh? Pretty, though he's first. Sarah's pretty chill about the whole thing. Yeah, I'm like, they seem like. Oh, can I just state for the record? They seem like pretty cool guys. <laughs> I think so. I'm ready to roll. Also, the a bit sexy and cool. Oh, not not that sexy though. Not that sexy. Yeah, just effortlessly attractive. Yeah, yeah, like not. That's not consent, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's just. I'm just saying. They seem like cool guys. Yeah. Is someone walking by, Matt? No, I just suddenly realized I opened the I opened the curtains to. But I do have that new obscuring uh, contact oh, yeah. paper. On the I like window, it. So now people can't. People who walk by at least can't see our faces very well. It's cool. Makes it a little more private. Um, so getting back to the official word from Harvard, it's impossible to guess the purpose behind Oumuamua, Oumuamua, without more data. Avi Loeb, chairman of Harvard's, Harvard's astronomy department and a co-author of the paper, told NBC News in an email, if it is light sail, he said, one possibility is that it was floating in interstellar space when our solar system ran into it like a ship bumping into a buoy on the surface of the ocean. Huh. And as Matt said, we've launched similar light sails of our own. Um, but I feel like we should also read. Yeah, the way the way these rebuttal. light sails we've talked about it before. The way a light sail works is it relies on, even though it's very marginal, light does have mass. Thank you, Einstein. Thank you, old Einstein, for explaining that fact. For explaining how this all Thank works. Thank you, Walter Matthau. Uh, exactly. So, uh, light, and light has momentum. More to the point, so light uh, light photons have momentum, and if they hit an object, they do slightly transfer momentum to that object mm-hmm. uh, which normally is such a negligible amount you wouldn't be affected but if you're say in space with zero air resistance so in- any yeah any force hitting you is just tra- it will cause acceleration in that direction even if it's just by a marginal amount and oh. you have a large enough sail that's right so you theoretically if like you're just floating in the vacuum of space you just shine a flashlight on a rock it will start moving away from the light beam it will, yeah, it will eventually, and it'll speed up. It'll very gradually speed up, and the, the speeding up is extremely gradual, but again, constant, very tiny acceleration over a very large amount of time adds up to a very right. high velocity. That's awesome. And that's how that stuff works, and that's how this cigar-shaped spaceship is finally entering the solar system. And or not. Right. Because but, it's bullshit. But, yeah, so I feel like we should also read from, there's an Axios article uh, that's, the headline is The Interstellar Object Oumuamua is almost certainly not an alien spaceship. No. Yeah. Oh, that's so, an immediate debunking. <laughs> well, they said the study's not the first, nor is it likely the last time that an alien origin hypothesis has been raised for this object. But in science, as we said before, the most outlandish claims are not usually the most likely, and they require rigorous examination by outside researchers before they can be accepted. Um, so the study focuses on an apparent acceleration in the object as it moved through our solar system. And uh, if you want to look at, I don't have it in front of me, but I've seen an artist's rendering. It kind of came in from like the plane of our solar system. It came in at an angle almost orthogonal to that, and then kind of swept around the sun. And I guess it was a non-traditional trajectory. But um, back to this Axios piece, um, its acceleration as it moved through our solar system 
which scientists discovered in 2018 and, and attributed to dust and gases escaping the, the object as the sun warmed it up. Um, that outgassing is regularly observed in comets, but um, they haven't clearly defined this thing as a comet. However, the new study puts forward the possibility that the increase in speed could have come from solar radiation pressure. pressure. Uh, and if that's the case, it might mean that it's a new class of thin interstellar material that formed naturally or is alien in origin. Um, or perhaps it's something more fascinated and poss- fascinating and possibly even frightening. Um, as they, as we said, the, they said the most exotic scenario is that it's a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth vicinity by an alien civilization. But, 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 here are the rebuttals. Uh, although this paper is online already, it's pre-peer review and provides evidence of an anomaly that could allow for the possibility that it's alien in origin, but it doesn't prove that's the case. And jumping to the conclusion that it's a spacecraft or light sail uh, is akin to grabbing hold of the least likely explanation. After all, scientists are <laughs> confident that alien life exists, as we talked about, but the most likely scenario for finding it is the discovery of microbial life on another planet rather than an encounter with a spaceship. Um, and Corin Baylor-Jones, who's an astronomer at the Max Planck Institute for Astronomy in Germany, summarized the reaction in the broader science community, saying, in science, we must ask ourselves, where is the evidence? Where is the la- <laughs> Not where is the lack of evidence so I can fit in any hypothesis that I like. <laughs> Yeah, like, and how did this even blow up into, a, like, a national news story? Because like, it's, it's an not, alien it's, ship! It's, 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 it's a weird pe- shape, but it's behaving differently from comets and asteroids. But it's not even, it's not, if it's, like, a not even peer-reviewed paper, it's just, like, just some, somebody wrote a thing, and then, like, nobody's, like, Harvard, properly vetted it whatsoever. Harvard! Right? I don't know if you've heard of a little place called Harvard, but they're Check better when the than peer us. reviews come in. The they peer reviews are, are just going to be one word, and that is not... Ah, <laughs> oh, shit! I wasn't expecting that. Um... I mean, I hope it is because it's fucking cool to live in a world where that's what it is. You know, yeah, I think that's probably incredibly cool. The thing behind a lot of it is a a lot of things that get reported in the science world that people are excited about maybe not be true just because ah, but if it is, right, isn't it exciting? A lot of people sent us in that story as well, which also speaks to the yeah, it's exciting excitement and popularity. Okay, even if it's not. That other thing we're forgetting is even if it is an alien, it's still an interstellar object, which is crazy. Right, like something from a different yeah, potentially solar made system. of a new. Like, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. always cool. Even if it's just a a, a round asteroid that right. could be proven to have come from a different. No, I get, if it's just a cool looking space thing, it's still a cool looking space right. thing. I mean, right, right. The worst sure. case is still pretty cool and yeah. worth talking about. And it's a great name that comes from the Hawaiian for I forgot now. I know it's Hawaiian. Let's see definition of what. Why you look that up? I've got a. I quite like this story. I, I know it's not one of the ones we had highlighted, but Chris Nelson sent it in. And said so this paper is from a friend of mine. Uh, I'm, I'm always a fan of a uh, science that's been done either by a, preferably by our listeners, but next best thing, a friend of one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Lifespan has little to do with genes, according to an analysis of large ancestry database. Hmm. Uh, I think now these are the. I guess one of the useful, interesting things that's come out of the numerous. Uh, 23andMe, Ancestry.com. Have you done any them? Have you spoke about this on the show before? I've never done them because I, again, I just, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of Facebook has enough of my information. Google <laughs> right. has enough of my information. I don't want, at, at the very least right now, they don't have my exact genetic code. I guess, <laughs> I guess they probably have elements of it just by proximity because I'm sure some of my relatives have taken part in this thing. But I, I don't know. I just... You have to sign things when you do those things that basically sign away your right 
to commit crimes and get away with them yeah exactly and i want to be able to carry on with my murders as you know my murders are really important to you're me you're very good at it thank you oh, the thank recognition you. you deserve matt thank I, you I, what i will say you're not so good at is the branding i still don't, I haven't even heard you come up with a name for what you are as he a just calls them my murders yeah <laughs> it's just my no what are you you're what's the... wrong with the matt kershon murders <laughs> It's just, it's very first thought is all I'm saying. Like you're like, thinking like Jack the Ripper, Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah, okay. Sometimes the first thought the is the, the best the thought. Have you not read Malcolm Gladwell? Re- re- you know what? That's true. That's oh, true. I know. The, the mathematician. The mathematician. Mat- Have you ever called yourself the mathematician? Because ha- that works. Please don't do that. Mat- oh, everybody tweet in. Mat- at Matt Kirsten. Oh, the mathematics. It almost sounds like a racist Jamaican thing, though, if you call it mathematics. Mathematics. The math of murderer. Come on. There's so many ways. And also, you probably get a lot lawsuit from my supervisor at university who would wildly dispute that branding. (laughs) (laughs) He's neither a murderer or a mathematician. He is. I can testify. (laughs) The director of studies at my college can testify to the the inaccuracy of that branding. (laughs) What about if you were like making yourself the first truly random serial killer because everyone everyone thinks oh. things are random and they don't really understand how but you think it's a pattern r- everyone, there's always a pattern but like and, and also random stuff actually random random things. things truly random things throw up patterns which is something we've discussed like what? iTunes having to like yeah we randomize their stuff totally we discussed this on the show ages ago but I, when iTunes first brought out the i or Apple brought out the iPod shuffle and their sh- or their shuffle algorithm they had to change it to be less random because a truly random playlist would have patterns that you then think aren't random. You'd have like four. If you genuinely randomize all of your music and hit play, you'll get things like four songs by the same artist in a row sometimes, mm. or just we- or just you know, or or it would like play one artist, then another artist, and then the first artist again, and you'd be like, ah, what well, is weird? It's meant to be random. Why that did is they what change it? Is. Why are we unhappy about that? Because to make us people, paranoid. Because people probably thought that they had failed and they were like, hey, Apple, you fucked up. It's not random. I, oh, I heard two Maroon 5 goodness. songs in a row. And uh, Apple was like, yeah, you have so, so then you have, they had to basically slightly forcibly de-randomize it, but they had to introduce... To make it look more random to dumb humans who don't know what randomness really is. That's very interesting. My favorite is the way you know humans can ascribe personality to any algorithm. They'll always talk about like, oh, my, you know, my iPod or my Shuffle really, really loves this artist or this song. And right. Played a bunch of times. <laughs> it's like it's got a music taste of its own. It maybe is, it's completely. Yeah, just, maybe yeah. your iTunes had like that was their special song with their ex or something. Right. Yeah. It plays it. That that's exactly the case. And again, it is it is those things where you human because of the way our brain our brain are designed to, to be pattern recognizers. Right. They spot... Again, this is something... That's why there's racism. Like, that's why most of our worst <laughs> things come from things that were, like, hardwired. And, and many of us. our best things. And many of the things that... We talked about this a while back on the episode with Ori Amir, when he, he's the comedian and neuroscientist, and he was talking about uh, the things that the brain is good at and the things... And I can't remember who's... who's is it someone's paradox or someone's theory? But basically, it's a... The, the better humans are at a thing the worst computers are and vice versa oh yeah yeah we talked um that's called the god damn we've said it like i'm gonna have to look it up here. so for example think computers are extraordinarily more of x paradox that's it there we go uh hu- so for example humans are extremely bad at multiplying large numbers together whereas computers can do it instantaneously uh or near almost instantaneously whereas 
humans are very good at doing things like walking or walking, for example. Yeah. Or catching a ball or recognizing a chair. Like the, the evolutionarily oldest parts of us are the hardest things for to machines to uh, grab. Yeah, the newest uh, things. If you think about the things, for, things that captures uh, still ask you to do when you like prove you're not a robot, yeah, it's often things that you go like that a, a three year old. If you just go like, what, which which of these pictures has a road sign in it, or point out the chairs, a three, but a reasonably intelligent a computer can't young see what child can do that. Look at all those shop fronts, right? Whereas a computer that can beat a the highest ranked grab super grandmasters in the world at chess still struggle to identify each one of the pictures that has a road sign in it or and would struggle to walk beach ball if you threw it through it at it or yeah something. well th- those um uh what's the uh what's that company that makes the terrifying robots uh boston boston dynamics. Te- yeah boston dynamics those guys you know, work, walk pretty well at this point they it's, do well pretty oh, well they can, they but, can but still when you look now. at them you go like oh that looks terrifying thing <laughs> because it is now almost walking as well right. as a child right. <laughs> It's almost doing the thing that almost every, like, a toddler can do. Well, have you seen the ones that came out, like, the last two weeks or a month or two? Okay. Like, now it can do, it can, like, jump up. It can do stuff that, like, an right. elite athlete but can do. But do you remember when we were like, oh, no, like, know, this I is know, terrifying. Yeah, this yeah. Boston Dynamics robot can open a door. Oh, like like a cat can? <laughs> like <laughs> It's also terrifying, to be fair. It <laughs> is. I, I will grant you that. But also, this is such a basic motor function that is so easy for humans to do unthinkingly. And that's the key, unthinkingly. Whereas... High calculation things humans find incredibly difficult, and vice versa. Very interesting. Meanwhile, though, I do think captures are getting too hard. Like the le- the recent ones, like I fail a couple times. It'll say like, "Is this a picture of a car wash?" And I I can't. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I- and and also, we need to talk about how the traffic lights sometimes uh, encroach on a few squares, and you're like, "Well." How smart is this robot? Yes. Does the robot know that that's actually going, the corner of that is going into the next square? Because I'm going to say yes, question mark, and then you fail, and you're like, right. oh, okay, yeah. so no. So the next time, it's well and truly halfway into that next square, and you're like, well, I'm going to say yes, and then, yeah, anyway. I think some of them have, like, margins of error, because I think sometimes I've been sloppy, and I'm like, I just want to get through this quickly, and I probably missed one, but it's like, yeah, you're, you're close enough to human. Yeah, interesting like, that captures can now do close enough. I feel like, like they're like, yeah, you might be a little, like, Spectrum Maybe to err is to be human. So, like, perhaps, yeah, perhaps it's very the human fact- of you to make a mistake. Yes, exactly. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, look, that's definitely a human. What a dummy! <laughs> Eventually, it's going to just be full on Turing test, and you're going to have to have like a five minute conversation before they're like, okay, yeah, all right, fine, you're human. Yeah. Someone bought me um, uh, the Bletchley Park uh, Bletchley Park puzzle book, which is like um, the people who solve the Enigma code uh, have created a puzzle book, and I feel like if I can't conquer. Uh, cryptic crosswords in Britain yet because we were talking about this before we started right. re- recording the podcast. Um, I feel like I can't like I feel like I might give this puzzle book to Matt Kirshen first. Let him go through it. Maybe he'll leave some notes. I suspect the- I would struggle a lot on many of those things, but I'd love to have a look <laughs> yeah. at that book. Why would the people who did the thing no one else could do be making a book that the rest of us would want to play along yeah. with? Like because great- I like to hurt myself. <laughs> yeah. I like to feel really inferior. Uh, I, I, I want to check that out, though. Mm. Uh, so this story, so um, lifespan has little to do with genes. That's how we got down. That's this how we got down this yeah. long rabbit hole. So, uh, an analysis of fifty-four million of the website Ancestry.com's public family trees finds that the hereditability of lifespan, a hot research topic for decades, is considerably less than widely thought. Scientists reported that. Genes accounted for well under seven percent of people's lifespan, huh. versus the twenty to thirty percent of previous previous estimates. 
the low her- hereditability implies it would be harder to affect lifespan through genetic tinkering or other life expectancy uh, extension ideas. Hmm. Says com- computational geneticist J. Graham Ruby. I wonder if that's your friend or if your friend is someone else in the lab. That's the lead author, though, uh, of Calico Life Sciences, which was founded by Google in 2013 to find ways to combat aging. Oh, there's a great condescending thing coming up here. Uh Oh, oh. <laughs> Scholars who study the contribution of genes and environment to health weren't surprised at the tiny hereditability. Welcome aboard, said Dr. Sandro Galea, dean of the Boston University School of Public Health. Dick. <laughs> and, and Dick, who will study the limits of genetic influences on com- complex outcomes like lifespan. As long as you accept that genetic factors co-occur with environmental ones, it limits the influence that genetics can have. Calico and Ancestry researchers analyzed 54.43 million family trees. That's a huge data set. Yeah. Amassing birth and death dates for 406 million people, all de-identified so no personal data were revealed, who were born from the 19th century to the mid-20th. Most people born more recently are still alive. Their lifespan TBD. So that's why they picked those years. The researchers calculated the correlations of lifespans of spouses and of parent-child pairs of siblings and first cousins and a more distantly related pairs such as a person and his sibling's spouse's sibling or his spouse's sibling's spouse. <laughs> Everyone follow that? Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll carry on. The first tip of the genes that aren't the dominant influence came from the lifespans of spouses. They were more similar than the lifespans of siblings. So brothers oh. and sisters' lifespans were less similar than husband and wife. Since spouses share relatively few DNA variants, that suggested oh, a strong weird. influence of non-genetic factors they share, like living uh, far from disease outbreaks, having diet. access to clean water, being literate, eating healthy food, exactly that, and not smoking. Mm. Even more striking were the high correlations of the lifespans of people re- related even more remotely by marriage and not blood, such as siblings-in-law, in- first cousins-in-law, aunts and uncles-in-law, and first cousins once removed-in-law. If a person living to a ripe old age or died young, uh, if sorry, if a person lived uh, to an old age or died young, so did his or her siblings, spouses, siblings, spouses, siblings, spouse, or other distant in-laws. <laughs> so again, this is pe- these are people who live in the same community, are related by marriage, but Maybe not, but not, or like... or related in some, yeah. are connected in, in a familiar way, way, but yeah. not genetically connected. Interesting. So your choice of partner has more. To do with yeah. your well, I think it's no, I think it's more the choice of workplace. I think it's more that your choice of partner, you and your partner, uh, have similar choices of environment. You are, if you and your what husband or wife's family are more likely to be living in similar parts of the world, uh, having similar wealth levels and lifestyle levels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and. Healthcare, diet, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. I, all those, all the external factors that aren't your genes. Exactly that. Exactly that. Does it uh, say anything about um, similar life expectancy? Uh, do they look at proximity to drunk bus drivers? Oh uh, yeah. Well, it does say one of the factors is living near disease outbreaks. So, because hmm. that obviously does have a, an effect on mortality yeah. rate. Um, as so, Ruby said, as we got out to more and more distant relatives, the correlation didn't drop by as much as they should have if genes determined lifespan. So one way to explain that, uh, as well as the high correlation between lifespans of in-laws, is if people are choosing spouses with whom they share traits that are important for lifespan. If income boosts lifespan, which it does, and one percenters marry other one percenters, then spouses' lifespans will be highly correlated. 
Uh, you're more likely to have a lifespan similar to that of your in-laws than to that of an equally unrelated stranger, says Ancestry's chief scientific author, uh, officer, Catherine Bull, and the study's senior author. In addition, by choosing spouses like themselves, people in effect give their kids double doses of factors that affect lifespan but are not genetic, such as attitudes about risk-taking or consuming alcohol. I thought there's elements of consuming alcohol or risk-taking that might be genetic. That might be a... Yeah, like they, like aren't there like there are like addiction genes and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I b- believe there are. But it, uh, um, interesting. But it says yeah. yeah, it's rare for a teetotaler to marry a party girl or an ultra marathoner to marry a couch potato, for example. These hundreds of millions of birth and death dates let let the calico and ancestry researchers calculate the factors passed down from generation to generation explain seven percent of the difference between a person's one between different people's lifespans. The genetic contribution, however, is even smaller. In addition to genes, people in the U.S. and other societies with low and declining or declining economic mobility also inherit non-genetic contributions to lifespans, such as education, income, access to healthcare, and other socio-cultural influences. That makes sense. So that's a big factor as well. Yeah, America has very low social mobility, so They're not very low; it's just decreasing. But but pretty low, uh, <laughs> like compared to the rest of the world, really. I think yeah, I think America has oh. pretty shoddy. Considering, Amer- in this. considering that, America yeah. is like the land of opportunity right, in anyone right, right, compared yeah. to other developed the American countries dream. for sure you think uh, England has more I I think or nowadays it probably has comparable yeah because uh, traditionally hasn't it had less kind of isn't that like a big part of like watching the up, up series that, mm-hmm. that was a very big part of the well, up series it was like we're going to grab kids from an orphanage and kids I don't know are- well but also class in Britain is distinct from socioeconomic group in a weird it, it's that weird thing of I've had to explain this to Americans so many times that because it's such a confusing concept. Then in Britain, working class, middle class, and upper class don't correlate with wealth. They, I mean, the they way, do. The sorry, way, you know, they the say you can't buy class money, but uh, yeah, yeah they, money doesn't buy class. They certainly do to an extent correlate with wealth, but not exclusively. You can be an upper class family that is flat broke, right. and you can be multi millionaires, but you will never be considered upper class in Britain because that's we definitely more- have the ideas of like old money and new money here yes. and there's yeah. like yeah new money will never really be part of like that like aristocracy. Up, upper class is the aristocracy the yeah. gentry the people yeah. who come from landed and titled families yeah landed gentry and then also education I suppose private school yeah but like my family for example if if I became a multi-millionaire and I still live in Britain and like my kids would be they would be upper middle class even if I became a billionaire, they would be upper You're middle not class. They would not be royalty. Right. Yeah, they wouldn't be considered upper class because my family is not British aristocracy. And a lot of it's like visible it. instantly or audible because it's accent, isn't it? Like you can it immediately to- tell someone's class. But can't you though? But through- even but even if I then sent my kids, if if I sent my billionaire kids to Eton, where they and had an RP accent, drilled where they're them. yeah, where they're in the same class as Prince William's kids or whatever, they would still. Reek of it. They would still not be. They would still not be considered upper class. They would be. Is it because up- you're sending them to school with like cheesy what's it's in their lunchbox? Yeah, they like they still smell of their <laughs> shitty heritage. I was gonna say of Jew. Is that what you're going <laughs> with? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get real here. All right, all right. This podcast over. Yeah. But no, that is that is absolutely another I factor. Mean, yeah, it's, it's, I believe that. Um, I'm Catholic, and they're looked down upon over there. Oh really? But, yeah. Yeah, but there was a little thing that happened a I while ago with the Irish. Which, like, yeah. No, like what? What's the, the so the Church of England was because Protestant. Yeah. the Church of England was founded because because uh, Henry VIII wanted to get a divorce and couldn't as a Catholic. 
so Church of England has more in common with Catholic churches than Protestant? Or no, the Church Protestant. of England is a is a Protestant church. But like in terms of its like uh, traditions and things, it's no, you know what I mean. Like it's is no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't do the sort of. There's none of the sort of Latin mass or rites or anything. Oh, okay, it okay. follows Protestantism. But it, it the Church of England was founded by Henry VIII because he wanted Just to the, get a divorce. Thing, it's yeah. kind of so like, it's like fuck turned... you. I'm being a Protestant now and. Yeah, exactly. But that's another weird sort of British American paradoxical thing because America has the legal constitutional separation of church and state. Britain, the head of our state is the queen who is also the head of the Church of England. So it has oh, I didn't know she w- I didn't know that. So it has constitutional melding of church and state. Mm. And many British state-run schools in fact most of them are denominational of some sort they are allied in one way or another with a church like they're church of england schools then and yet britain is a far more secular country than america right. how common are non-church of england protestant sects or are there like uh more? in britain i don't know that answer i'm not sure you don't know anybody who was like presbyterian or something or like i this? don't know i'm sure there are some and some non-denominational churches as well but I think most of British Protestant churches are CV. some form of the Church of England. I could be again. People might be shouting at their. I'm sh- yeah, I don't want to show how ignorant I am about this stuff. I'd- well, no, I'm equally. But if you're inquisitive, if nothing else, like that, I think that's I interesting. Don't, I As don't an Australian who's lived there for many, many years, and I was shocked because our biggest form of Christianity, which is something like two thirds of our country, because we're two thirds Irish, but we're mostly Christian, and that is mostly Catholic. And I moved to the UK where that was like, oh, you're Catholic. Oh, hi. Like it was like the dinky little cousins of right. C of E's. It's, it's yeah. such a funny, like I, I, learning in school that like it was a big deal when Kennedy got elected. And I was like, I can't even like wrap my head around what the hell. Why it would be a huge deal for a Catholic to be. <laughs> yeah, Especially yeah. if like, and as many people are now, atheist or agnostic at the very least, they're kind of like, why would you care? And you're like, they I, I know. kind of group it all together. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, you both believe in Jesus. The difference doesn't <laughs> yeah, seem to make it yeah, be... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no, it's interesting that this... Uh, so, you mentioned this study. This whole study is uh, founded by Calico, which I've heard of before, which is this, like, Silicon Valley, like, longevity company. They're the big guys who are on the forefront of, like, really trying to expand the human lifespan until mm-hmm. we can get it to be indefinite, I guess. I know, Sarah, we were talking about, like, this anxiety that, like, we might be the last generation to die. And like, really, because this Kurt is an interesting thesis. Says, yeah, if, if you make it to twenty forty, is that is some yeah. people's theory that at yeah. that point death will be optional for various reasons? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be the last. I want to. I want to make it. I want to make it to the hang out with the immortals. It. Yeah, <laughs> or at least have the choice to. Yeah. Do we get to pick which age we are forever, or is it the age where you got the treatment? Well, I mean, I think it depends whether you're thinking you're going to stay in this meat oh, suit or whether I you're going to get San Junipero sort of uh, I see you're going to offload your I mean, shit I'm not going to be cloud. like an OS like in the movie Her maybe maybe I am yeah yeah, or at the very least, maybe meat soup, but with some kind of cybernetic enhancements. I'd be fine with that. Sure, upgrades. Um, See, Josh seems really ready to just comply, doesn't he? He's like, I'd be fine with that. The aliens aren't cool with that, too. to anybody. That's just like saying, <laughs> I get to live forever. Like, who you can Like, you can be aspirational about your meat soup, though. Come on, like... Well, I mean, suit. yeah. Look, I've I've, I've 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 dreamed of becoming a cyborg. This is this is the future I hope for. for myself. But at least I'm putting qualifiers on cyborg. I'm like sexy, smart cyborg. Like, oh, yeah, well, able body. You'll be able to tune everything. Yeah, you, yeah, you'll yeah, be able yeah, to sure, choose. Sure. Yeah, whatever. no, I'm going to give okay. myself like a Schwarzenegger body and like a Beto O'Rourke face, and so just the same as you are now. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fiddle Rourke's you, not. Let's let's. let's quoting lyrics now. Roll on that guy because. Hey, like, I'm still into it. Okay, I, I like him too, but he's not like the most handsome he's guy. A handsome he's guy. Oh, yes, he's handsome. Oh, he's handsome. We're, we're definitely grading on a curve. Like for a politician, <laughs> handsome. It's like when Obama came in the scene and all these women were swooning. I'm like, yes, he's good looking but he's not the best looking, like. <laughs> but it, it just shows how we, Look, we as it, salt when... and pepper said <laughs> <laughs> do you cite salt and pepper yeah. uh, every episode what a man what <laughs> a like... body what with a, a beta a rock face yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what they said they they, they foretold his coming <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about him swearing it, in the uh, Denzel I was so into it he was passionate it's true but I feel like it's gonna uh, I don't know it's like let's be the adults why can't we be the adults mm. you know I, what was the swear word please fuck he said motherfuckers oh, oh. motherfuckers that's no, a biggie wait, no. I'm sorry did he not say motherfuckers no, no he, he said, just, he said he, in his concession speech he said I'm so fucking proud of you guys okay. like how can you be bad about that he oh was that's alright that's just and, a, yeah. an enhancer yeah it's uh, I think I'm I think, I think Bono real. I think Bono got away with that on some um like live uh, primetime broadcast because he said when I said fucking it was he said something was fucking brilliant and he's like using it as an adverb in that way it in no way connotes sexual intercourse so right. it should be a different kind of or an adjective yeah that's fine I think I still would rather you'd refer to it on our show as the F cuss <laughs> <laughs> after six years of yes we'll start calling it the F cuss today and label this episode inexplicit non-explicit yeah mm. Sorry, I love Beto O'Rourke. He's great. Everyone's great. Um, <laughs> and yes, he is good looking. No, look, I just, I just mean like I, you're right. He probably just because I, I like his politics a lot. He has that extra sort of glow right, about right, him. Right. You're at, you're absolutely. I don't know what's the Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. This is exactly sure. what I'm saying about Josh. He's going for realistic levels of hot. He's like, let's not be. Let's just say yes to the aliens. Let's just say yes to our new bodies. Yeah. Let's just go. Like we could have a ten out of ten, but let's go nine. I don't want to be too intimidating, you know. Well, that's the thing in the in the world where we get to choose all of our parts. It's going to be cooler to have a couple flaws, a couple well placed flaws, because yeah, like everyone's going to be grabbing their yeah. off the shelf perfect Schwarzenegger face or Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, definitely and the don't Beto grab body. the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There'll be someone who fucks that up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Some, just r- it's like, oh damn it, I switched. The wait, 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 yeah, wait, wait, wait. Let me go again. Someone <laughs> on a call center writing down a form and like they just like, yeah, I'm really deliver your suit. And, like, God damn it! <laughs> Every time. Oh, this is very weird. <laughs> it's like Casper, who isn't the sponsor, but it's like, are you really going to trust a mattress that you haven't gotten to try out yet? It shows up I said at your door. Stephen Hawkins' brain. His brain. <laughs> Casper, I do want a mattress, though. If you hear this, Bose, give us some headphones. Casper, I want a bed. Um, What's wrong with you? Your mattress looks fine. It's pretty firm. You want to go check, if you want to go check it out, it's a little too firm. It's a uh, better or a rock of mattresses yeah, when it could fine. be. Like, you know. If you're grading out, uh, for a politician, it's a good mattress. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry about this. I don't know how we end this one. Are we that close was, to the That was a low blow. <laughs> do we try to cram in two more stories? Yeah, let's do a quick cramming. There let's were two do, we haven't done many stories that we got sidetracked on yeah. lot this week. There were two kind of similar stories about medical um, discoveries as far as the origins of diseases that we got, I think, two While weeks you're ago. finding those, we've got, some, we've got a lot of donors to thank. So you look those up and I'll thank. We've got some monthly donations coming through from Je- uh, Jeffrey Gelback, 
Thank you very much, Jeffrey. Stuart Holding, Jacob Rochester, Zvonimir Kruins, Pandora Young, Vikram Bat, Callum Gleason, Drew Chapman, Thomas Hatfield, Patrick Adam Chalkney, Brooks Gilmore, James Casson, Karen Meebun, and thank you, Charles Tyler, for a really generous new monthly donation. That's very kind of you. Uh, thank you very much. And then one-off donations as well from... John Kelly, who sent a link to a cool LIGO story that is a podcast link, though, so I'll, we'll, we'll put that in show notes because we don't have. We, I don't know how we cover an audio story on our audio show. Well, I, I want to listen to it because it's, it's. We don't have that technology. He said it has. It shows some concerns about the LIGO data. So uh, and also my my friend Kirsty Chestnut and your fellow Australian countrywoman sent a really nice donation oh, as hey. a thing, as a to help with your trip down under to the old country. Yay! So she was the one who said old country. Uh, did we by the meaning way- uh, I I now am. Interpreting that correctly as someone who is Australian but no longer lives in Australia. I see her old country. Oh, okay. She's not the old country. The old. Um, We forgot to say. I think we've pretty much settled on that we're going to go in February. We're shooting for February. You're going to be there in December to do. I'm going to be. I'm going to be dropping um, over there in in December almost certainly to do some shows. But February we will be there with. Andy and some microphones and Ooh. recording equipment. Now, Hopefully. I reckon Matt Kirshen and I were talking yesterday. We may well overlap in December, but I reckon when you're both out there, my brother Paul will probably give you a tour of the synchrotron if you want to go. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, is that in Melbourne? Yeah. If he asks you to come back to his house for some beers and stuff, you know it's going to end in a particle accelerator on the living room floor. I don't mind a wine bottle CRT display. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. That would be very cool. We've we've already got some scientists who are knocking around. Various parts of Australia. Maybe you could take a guest there with you, like do the podcast. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, uh, there's lots of options. We're looking into a diff- bunch of different ways to to fund it, and uh, I think with, yep. with four months. And Michael time, Smout up in Kansas wait, is going to be three months sorting time. out some stuff. Huh. We should have time to um, make it really uh, a fun little tour. Yeah, there'd probably be some cool astronomy stuff you could do out there. Yeah, some I bet. really cool telescopes and stuff. Yeah, guys, uh, so we appreciate everyone writing in with suggestions of, of where to go, and uh, we will and try to take yeah. everyone up on the various things they were kind enough to offer. Um, so two more quick stories, maybe just one, we'll see. Uh, so Justin Broad sent in both these, and I thought they were interesting. Parkinson's disease could originate in the appendix, according to a recent study. Appendix removal early in life is linked to a 19% reduced risk of developing Parkinson's disease. Um, so the analysis of health records of more than a million individuals in Sweden found that having the appendix removed, like I said, is linked to a 19% reduced risk of Parkinson's. And uh, that's the latest finding to implicate the gut and immune system in the genesis of the disease. You talked a lot about this uh, gut-brain link and how, how the, uh, the shit that's going on downstairs affects what happens upstairs. My word's not theirs. Um, so, yes, uh, the loss of neurons in a brain area that controls movement uh, lead to a tremor and slurred speech. That's that's what Parkinson's is. And uh, Vivian Labrie, an assistant professor at Van Andel Research Institute in Michigan and senior author of the study, said, despite having a reputation as largely unnecessary, the appendix actually plays a major part in our immune systems in regulating the makeup of our gut bacteria and now is shown by our work in Parkinson's disease. So the discovery could provide a path towards new treatment strategies that target the gastrointestinal tracts, gastrointestinal tracts' apparent role in the development of the disease. The study also revealed that the appendix acts as a major reservoir for abnormally folded proteins called alpha-synuclein, which are closely linked to Parkinson's onset and progression, providing a potential biological explanation for the link. Unexpectedly, clumps of the abnormal proteins were found in healthy people too, showing that their presence alone is not enough to cause the disease. 
One possibility is that Parkinson's is triggered in the rare events when the protein escapes the appendix and travels up the vagus nerve, which links the gut to the brainstem. So I thought that was interesting. And another surprise correlation is that Alzheimer's disease, there's mounting evidence that that's caused by the herpes virus. Did you guys hear about this? Whoa. No. Yeah. A review of more than 150 studies strongly suggests that herpes is a cause of Alzheimer's. So uh, more than 30 million people worldwide suffer from Alzheimer's. It's the most common form of dementia. And uh, there's no cure, only drugs to ease the symptoms. Um, But the herpes virus, HSV1, herpes simplex 1, has been implicated in Alzheimer's. Um, It's better known for causing cold sores. It infects most people at infancy, which I didn't know, and then remains dormant in the peripheral nervous system the part of the nervous system that isn't the brain and the spinal cord. Occasionally, if a person is stressed, that virus becomes activated, and in some people, it causes cold sores. So, um, by the way, this is an article in Cosmos. Sorry, you were going to say? No, that's just no. hugely interesting. Yeah, that's right? Just in broad sent that one in. So, they discovered in 1991, many elderly people... Um, that S makes people. all the difference, by the way, because I did think at first you said Cosmo. <laughs> Which oh, is oh. <laughs> substantially less reputable as a scientific journal. What is Cosmo? Is, is that the uh, like Postmates of the nineties? Cosmopolitan. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. There was also Cosmo with a K that was like the early version of Postmates from the first dot com boom. Remember oh, that? really? Yeah. One hundred and fifty nine sex tips that will blow your boyfriend's mind. And Alzheimer's yeah. is linked to the herpes yeah. virus. <laughs> Also, that's one way to blow someone's mind. Yeah, yeah really. Them yeah, that's oh, I, you I, I didn't even like, think about yeah. that. Oh, boy. Sex him so hard, he won't even remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should stop on that, but I'm going to keep going. Um, <laughs> Never stop. So it was discovered in 1981 that in many elderly people, um, HSV1 is also present in the brain. In 97, it was shown that uh, that virus confers a strong risk of, al- risk of Alzheimer's when present in the brain of people who have a specific gene known as APOE4. Uh, the virus can become active in the brain, perhaps repeatedly, and this probably causes cumulative damage. The likelihood of developing Alzheimer's is 12 times greater for APO- APOE4 carriers who have HSV1 in the brain than those with neither factor. So. Yeah. Um, We'll post these full articles over on probablyscience.com. We do. I don't know whether people, because we've had people ask this question. I, I don't know if you know, if you go to the show notes underneath in your podcast listener, you yeah, can I see wonder, the links and they should be clickable. I think oh, some cool. people who don't listen in the native like iOS app, maybe it's different. But um, but also you can definitely find all the links if you go to probablyscience.com. Yep. And look in the episode there, and that's also where the donation button is. Yes. So, oh, wait, you know. but before you say that, I forgot, by the end of this article, the, the herpes connection is also possibly a good thing that could lead to treatment because antiviral agents might be used uh, for treating Alzheimer's. Hmm. So um, acyclovar, the uh, anti-herpes antiviral drug, blocks HSV1 DNA replication and reduces the levels of beta amyloid and tau caused by HSV1 infection in cell cultures. So that may be an actual uh, treatment for Alzheimer's. So, so you can cure the herpes and the Alzheimer's at once. Right? It's a, a kill to humanity. Humanity. Yeah. 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 Then so, you can sorry. just be in your retirement home fucking. I know, right? <laughs> and remembering. And remembering. <laughs> hey, uh, Sarah and Josh, how do, how do our listeners find you and find what you're up to? Say hello on Twitter, I suppose, at Sarah Bonetto. It's just Bennett with an O. 
Um, and I will be back in the UK doing shows and in Melbourne doing shows and possibly Hobart in Tasmania. Nice. Well, we've definitely December. got some Tasmanian listeners as well who've Yay. asked us. If we, I'd love to try and get down to Tasmania. I don't know how easy that is to I'm do. I'm going to tell you right now, there is a comedian called Gavin Baskerville who would love what you do and he books the best alternative comedy club there called Jokers in Hobart. Excellent. Um, and he would be all over this podcast and you guys. Um, but Is it easy, like cheap flight? From like it's Sydney super like internal flights are so cheap. Like Jetstar, fifty bucks. Aussie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, but I'm sure I will see you over there at some point or back in the UK. I'm around, but yeah, probably people can follow me and find my dates and stuff on Twitter. Nice. And Josh, uh, if you really want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Radio TFB. But mostly, I would just recommend you listen to podcasts on the Earwolf Network. There are so many fine comedy podcasts. I, I'm yeah. gonna say, we recently did um, um, Cracked with uh, Jeopardy Champ Alex yes, Smith. Yes, Jeopardy Champ, dude, he's the man. Alex, <laughs> that was, that was so yeah. Cool Andy and I both guested on his podcast. He hosts the Cracked podcast, and then about a month later, he just posted on. Um, on social media oh just uh, you might want to check out Jeopardy today and then the next day is like yeah I also just check out Jeopardy today and then the next day oh you might want to still check out Jeopardy <laughs> yep, today yep. he ran the whole week I mean he won four days and then lost on Friday but made $92,000 <laughs> also lost by oh fuck spoilers I, oh wait I, I, it, was a, it was a month ago right it was, so, but yeah, yeah he had a great run on it so he was very very good yeah he's basically the next Ken Jennings he's a genius yeah his show was great Yeah, uh, was- but yeah I would say there's a very there's very negligible possibility that some that any of our listeners don't listen to at least one Airwolf podcast as well, but yeah. for sure. But um, I mean, I mean, like, that's your, but you probably listen to a bunch of them. But I'm sure you listen to a bunch. In particular, um, if you're a fan of film, I definitely recommend a podcast. I'm near dear to my heart is a show called Unspooled. Paul Sheer and Amy Nicholson watch the AFI 100 greatest movies of all time oh, and cool. inter- review each of them. Uh, yeah, I produced that, and it's uh, really a lot of fun. And we've had some amazing guests recently. Conan O'Brien was on our last episode. I like bragging about that still. No. So was, take a listen. What, what was the movie that Conan was watching? He watched Duck Soup. Uh, oh, that's a Mark's great Brothers one. classic. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones that does that does hold up. It's not like oh, this was it really, like, this important. So at the time, many, but. so many comedies from like the like early film black and white era. Like you just like don't understand the references anymore. The pacing's so different. They're still like the Marx Brothers are still. The funny. Marx Brothers are hilarious. Oh my god, yeah. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Marilyn Monroe was so funny. Yes, genuinely a great comic really? actress. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. It's worth really seeing. watch it. Is so it, strong. Is it Duck Soup that has the scene where Harpo keeps setting fire to a man's hat, uh, a <laughs> street it? vendor's hat? Oh, I'm not sure if it is. I'm not positive. But uh, Harp, yeah, Harpo's uh, yeah, Harpo's he's uh, the a genius. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, listen to that. Check those out. Listeners, like we say, use the donation button. And also, we are genuinely in the process of setting up a Patreon. It might well I be good swear. to go by the time you listen to this. I swear it's going to happen. And also, uh, please uh, spread the word. Yeah. I don't know why I took a second to think of that. What was <laughs> I? Oh, spread the word. Tell people about the show. Tweet, Facebook. Tell people on the street, run up to them, <laughs> shake them, run up to people in bars and say, you know what you want to be doing instead of drinking here? Go and listen to the Probably Science <laughs> you podcast. You can do both with headphones. It's great. You can see, yeah. yeah, why would you, you're just watching the game. You don't need verbal cues from that. You could be listening to an interesting and hilarious science podcast. You could be blocking out your family and isolating yourself from your <laughs> Thanksgiving's children. Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah. Build a panic room, live in it, put on this podcast. I just have to say something, and I'm sorry, Matt, Andy, only because I know the kind of audience for this is sort of a little like me and yourselves. It's not cat on a hot tin roof. I meant gen- gentlemen's, uh, gentlemen prefer blondes, and I know that they oh, would have okay. been like, she wasn't! 
that. She's in Gentleman. There just, we go. I just good watched. speedy end time correction. Oh my God. They would have been on me at Sarah Bennett. Yeah, you would have shouted at you. Hot for the first time recently, which is also very funny. Yeah, She's really funny. funny. Some yeah. like it hot. Yeah. Uh, watch that as well. Watch those films. <laughs> I the can films with Billy Wilder and Co. <laughs> hold up as and the Marx Brothers hold up. Uh, check those out. Spread the word. You can find us uh, propertyscience at gmail.com if you want to send us stories you, to cover questions, comments, clarifications. You can also tweet us at Probably Science. Find us Facebook slash Probably Science. You can find us individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah and Josh. Thank you, listeners, for listening. See you soon. Bye. Bye.